When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. What's going on, Wild Black family? This is Vince. You know if you hear my voice, this is something special. Uh, today you are going to hear the very first two-part episode. The reason it's coming in two parts is because really it was just too dope to edit it down. So what you'll hear today is all about HBCU love, what it's like to be at an HBCU, why we need HBCUs. And part two that you'll hear next week goes deep for parents especially about the things that we need to do to get our children ready for college. From cradle to college is the whole point of the episode. So stay tuned, listen today, and watch out for what's coming next. Let me hit you with some stats on HBCUs. This made me smile. HBCUs confer 40% of all STEM degrees, 60% of all engineering degrees for African-American students. We educate 50% of all African-American teachers and 40% of all African-American healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. 70% of all African-American dentists and physicians earn their degrees at HBCU. That's what's up. So mm -hmm. like, you, you feel the smile, right? Mm -hmm. We're doing some real shit. Spelman and Bennett Colleges produce over half of the nation's African-American women who go on to earn doctorates in all science fields. Mm -hmm. And over half of all African-American professionals are graduates of HBCU. So don't let anyone ever tell you they are not important. 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 Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, people. What's good? You got Vince with you today. Art in the building once again. And I said my name this time. You did? Yeah. You did. We back. <laughs> Listen, we got, a, we got another amazing episode for you today. We got a little teaching, a little learning. We got someone who's going to talk about college, college admission, HBCU life, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to bring this episode to you for a minute, so I'm glad that we got it. All right, bro, before we jump in, man, you got anything you want to say? Man, I love Wild Black. I love our listeners. I love the game, and I love education. That's my, my mom is a is an educator. Retired. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's right. you know, this episode is is gonna be a wonderful one. Another one to add to the collection. That's for real. Mm -hmm. You ready? I am ready. All right. Stay so you, ready. You heard a voice today. <laughs> today we talking a whole bunch of good stuff about education, higher learning, college admissions, all that. And we have Dr. Sonia O'Coley. What's up, y'all? I said it right, right? Yeah, you did. You did cool. that. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat because I'm finna go through this bio. This shit is rich, <laughs> deep. Hold on. Now watch this. Now watch this voice he hit y'all with real quick. You finna get buried. Uh -huh. <laughs> Dr. Sonia, affectionately known as the college doctor, is an author, lecturer, parent, education coach, supporting our children's academic pursuits from cradle to college. She earned her degrees, degrees, it's buku degrees about to come, <laughs> in sociology from Fisk University, 
Master's of Education from Tennessee State University, Doctorate of Education, emphasis on urban education from Clark Atlanta University. I need a drink of water. And a postdoc in multicultural studies from the University of Georgia. There is more. <laughs> she has over, look, Paul. That ain't it, y'all. She has over 13 years. And this I've shortened this, moment. I've shortened this a little bit. She has over 13 years of experience with institutions from Harvard to DeVry and has held high-profile positions such as chief academic officer and college dean. Uh-oh. With her depth, her reach, and her experience in the industry, she's become one of the most sought-after education analysts in the game. Yeah. Dr. Sonia, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be here. We happy to have you. Yes. We happy to have you. Good. She sounds almost more refined than she did just like five <laughs> minutes ago. Don't be <laughs> telling my secrets now. Y'all know I'm secretly yeah. from the hood. I'm just <laughs> 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 they being funny, y'all, but yes, yes. Can I get back to my bougie voice? <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. This is, this is a dream come true. All my life I've worked for this very moment. All my life I had to fight. <laughs> That's when the beat drops. Tell them a little bit more about you. What else is there? No. Um, I guess um, outside of what I love to do, which is make sure that our people, your people, my people, um, advance and learn the game. I spent a lot of years behind the desk um, and trying to like, just, man, I just if I could just say this, if I could just say that. So now I'm to a place where I'm out here um, ensuring that families understand the game, right? Um And, you know, my personal life, I have children. I think what did it for me was once I became a mother and I started looking for schools um, and I started seeing the disparities within my own family. You know, I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old. Well, she just turned six, sorry, eight, six, and one. Um, two girls and a boy, um, and I'm married to um, a man who is from the West Coast. And so he's from Oakland, California. Shout out to Dr. Okoli number one. Um, and what up, Dr. Okoli number one? <laughs> we, um, we appreciate you lending us a little sport today. <laughs> Good, right? Um, and it just really broadened my horizons. And I just was like, you know what? I have to do something. I have to speak up. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of our kids, you know, matriculating unprepared. I'm tired of our parents getting to me at the college level saying, I wish someone had told me this years ago when I know that it's way too late. Even if you're hitting me up in high school, it's too late. And I, I, we say cradle to college, real Damn. talk. We say cradle to college. We say all this stuff. but Some we of don't y'all are fucking up right now. <laughs> Man, you see how that was? That was like Sorry. high school. You Get too late. Listen, early. I mean, when you see babies born into Harvard onesies and showing up at the Auburn UGA game and they understand, you know, what their parents went to college and what the sacrifice was and we don't see those same things i mean there's so many things that i could talk about but just knowing being on the other side that we're missing the mark <clears throat> i gotta do something about it cool. you know well i want to ask one question before we jump into the wild black shit what is an education analyst what the hell does that really mean <laughs> well, do you know what a political analyst is i do that's I right do. see because people hit me like that all the time i was ready for that <laughs> you saw that was a shot you see that <laughs> Like, <laughs> let me tell you, right? Because see, this this is let me just keep it real. Or NFL analyst, right? Okay, break, break it down or for the legal analyst, so they can understand okay. what's happening. Right. So, an educational analyst is basically someone who talks about all things education, from right. you know early childhood to 
college, postgraduate, all things education. Yeah, you hear politicians talking about education. You yeah. hear, you I know, commentators. You, le- <laughs> you hear attorneys talking about education. That's great. But where the educators at talking about education? And that's where I come in. No, I'm not a teacher, you know. Um, yes, I'm a college professor, but at the end of the day, it goes together. You can't have higher ed without K-12. So someone needs to be out here not talking about what they think or what they read. They need to talk about what they actually know and did. Damn. I get that. Yeah. So, Stuff yeah, I get a little you. passionate about that. I'm just keeping it real. That's so when you're looking for somebody that's going to tell you what it is. Dr. homegirls and hit throwing up gang signs and shit as we work what through this. What up, Jay White? <laughs> Busting shots off That's a muscle right, right there. That's a muscle, man. Don't ask no crazy questions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Say that again. That's what uh-huh. she's saying. Don't ask my girl no crazy questions. <laughs> All right. Well, you ready to jump into this wild black shit? Yes, man. Yes, And, and look, yes, before yes. you do, today's is a little bit different, right? So we still got our signature question. We still got our kind of playful question, but I added one in here that I just want to teach people about. And so, fortunately or unfortunately, you get to be the guinea pig on this teaching fortunately. It's always fortunate. Right? Brother, go ahead and with it. Go ahead and with it, bro. All right. Oh, okay. I got you. I see what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. So two questions, right? It's it's three questions. He he doesn't see it until we get in here. Yeah. Yeah, because I was Uh, like, what's the question? Be prepared. Okay, I'm Uh always always ready. Three questions. Shit, I hear that. (laughs) That's my thing if you want to. (laughs) That's what you said. That's my G. And then two is just some cool questions. Okay, cool. Let's do it. In any combination you like, list the names of at least four TV shows, films, or songs that focus on HBCU life. Man. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> I, I wanted to say Blackish, number one. Bam. A different world, number two. Yep. Um, what's on, another hold on, one? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Fresh Prince of Bel I got I got I got I got I got to break it down right okay. quick. You got you got to explain Blackish and Fresh Prince of Bel Air. What, what's that got to do with HBCU life? Well, break be, it down. okay, let me tell you. Let me, like, I gotta, y'all see me, y'all feel me moving because I'm adjusting my seat. Hey, everything Okay, Blackish. I, I guarantee you, they go, oh, 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 oh. Blackish because the parents, Anthony Anderson, right? Yeah. Um, And Tracy Ellis Ross on the show, their characters are PWI versus HBCU in the house. They had a whole episode. Mama, exactly. Mama went to Brown Mm -hmm. on the show, and she's an anesthesiologist. And dad is a marketing exec who went to. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Howard. Mm-hmm. Their kids she, she are blackish, right? Because right? they live in the burbs, like most of our kids in this room, which they don't want to admit. Um, and my kids they have <laughs> flip, flip, flop, and all three that. Two, right? My two, um, Daddy, the Wi Fi ain't working. <laughs> Daddy, mommy, do I have to go to public school? <laughs> what? You got money? Look, why, why is it loading on my iPad? <laughs> Why is the cheese in Are this damn poor? rapper? What is this rapper, Daddy? What is When this? you get paid. Right. <laughs> okay. Your check didn't come on time, did it, Daddy? 
<laughs> so that's why Blackish. Uh, right, and then boom. there was a whole episode on Blackish where Junior went to Howard and yeah. came his butt on right on back home. Yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of another reason why I do what I Listen, do. Listen, this is what you the call whole flexing. Reason. <laughs> The whole reason why I do what I do is so that your kids won't be like Junior on Blackish. He did all that mess, all that shucking and job, and got the Howard and yep. came his butt right on back home because it wasn't the best fit. So for all y'all out here pushing whatever institution down your kid's throat, the last thing you want is for them to come on back home. So let's talk about it. True so story. That's what. That's all I'm saying. Get Don't your waste your money out. and your time. Oh, yeah, you, Stay you, out. You, you certified on that. <laughs> right. You shit. Right, right. Um, all right, Blackish. Black <laughs> yeah, that's worth two okay. points right there. Thank you. Give my shit. two. A Different world, y'all already know why. You yep. know, outside of the fro- the toads and all of that other stuff, because you know Delta Sigma Theta in the building. So you know, other than that, oh, um, <laughs> different world. And what did I say? Different. Oh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, no, that's a that's a bad one. What's another one? Blackish. Drumline, the movie. I forgot about movies. Drumline. Cheating going on. Yeah. She got, she got some, I forgot she got, about Drumline. She got some support from that's, a muscle that's, on that. That's, you see that? Friends. that's mm-hmm. good. Drumline. Hey, yeah. We all, we all hey, about support what? black. Let me tell y'all, Drumline. I started my HBCU career at Morris Brown College. I was a part of that movement. Um, a little bit about me. Why do I? Why am I so passionate about urban education? Well, I am an urban kid that made it out the hood. I barely graduated high school. There's a little asterisk next to my name. If depending on which high school you know uh, program you get, you might not see Sonya's name there because I was already counted out before I was counted in. All right. Barely yeah. graduated high school. I think I met a graduate with a two point oh oh oh. You know, uh, Morris Brown College was the only school that I got into. So Mm. say what you want about Morris Brown College, but I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for a good old NBC. Drumline, shout out to all all of them. And shout out to Fisk because when all the things happened with Morris Brown, um, that was the school that reached out to me. I had to go home. So many of us had to go home. And people don't understand the displacement that happened when Morris Brown had to unfortunately close their doors due to accreditation loss. There were people that were able to graduate. I have several friends that made it, but I was in the A at 112 party. And at the time, you know, I had good grades, but I was in, I was at 112. But anyway, um, was around the, the 112 I wasn't Club prepared. <laughs> and, I, and ultimately, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of college was another reason why I do what I do. I was sitting in college, taking classes. I had a major, but I didn't really have vision for what I was going to be doing with the rest of my life. And so when all that stuff happened, I wasn't prepared. So I joke and say, I'm always ready because I learned then you always got to stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. So um, Drumline is special because I was there when they were filming that. They used Mm -hmm. the Morris Brown Band. I was there. Um, Clark Atlanta too, my other school. So I'm HBC'd up over here, sprinkled in the little PW. I so, see that. That's what's up. So you got, got one more. Fresh Prince. Yep. Drumline. We can't count Fresh Prince. We can't count the oh, Fresh okay, Prince. Okay. Drumline. Blackish. Different world. Different world. All right. Let me think. One you more. said one more. HBCU. One Just more. Just for the bonus round, because um, you know we get you two for one. Let me think. Think. Think on the movies. A movie. Um. Movie. It don't matter what she say. She 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 defended Blackish so damn good. Yeah, you know what? Sure I, I'm did. getting double points for Blackish. There go my foe. Okay. It's on. I go for that. Oh, drum. Drum, <laughs> drum line two. Both of them. <laughs> drum line two. That worked. All right. All right. All right. Second All right. question. Sure. And again, this is the one strictly for education because I want all our listeners yeah. to know this. Okay. I think she didn't hit the hardest. Oh. Uh, 
What we for? School days. School days. School days. I'm a, you know what? I'm an 80s baby, so that kind of went over me. But you're right. School days. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's school a good days. One too. The great debaters. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> Look, from, wait a minute. Boys in the, like. Y'all, boys in the hood. Remember at the end where uh, Nita, ne- yep, ne- yep, she was Morehouse going to Spelman and yep. Morehouse. There yep. you go. Yeah. Yep. Not the HBCUs in this thing. Shout out to HBCUs. We still represent. Martin, because he kept on the HBCU yeah, show every sure episode. Can we, can we say? Yeah, we can say, we can say the Cosby show, because that was... Oh, the that Cosby was, show. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, Bill. Yeah. That wasn't Bill. That was Heath. That was right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 We, we, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, yeah. We went hard on big. <laughs> like lightweight. Right. L-I-T-E. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second okay, question. Let's go. What is the oldest HBCU in the country? Mm. Oh. I mean, Ooh. real. I didn't expect anyone to know this one. I just wanted to teach this one. Teach it. Bennett College? My ho- is that look, your final that's friend? my fine friend because y'all know. Look, it takes Jennifer a village. Okay, one thing about education, it takes a village. It's a collaborative effort. Well, the, I, the I, village I this agree. time was wrong than a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be trying to shame me on my segment about education. You were wrong, boo. <laughs> but to the village's defense, I don't think many people know this. I didn't know. This. I don't know it. Yeah, I didn't know what you got. Is it Morris Brown? Wait a minute. 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 Let me think about this. Let me think about this. I give up. All right. You 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 wanna All right, cool. cause you, you feeling you feeling good about this right oh, yeah. here. Cause this this, one, see, this how, see how see yeah. how Negroes act when they know they got you, when they know they know something more than you. That's just, that's that crab <laughs> in the bucket mentality right there. He tried to bring us down. You see what no, I'm saying? No, man, I'm trying to elevate mm. the whole room. <laughs> okay. He I like how he flipped that. Cheney University in Pennsylvania. Oh. I, I'm wow. gonna read about it. Cheney University in Pennsylvania is the oldest HBCU in America. It was founded by Richard Humphreys. A Quaker philanthropist arrived in Philadelphia in 1764. He knew that African Americans needed trade schools that would prepare them for the job market, so he dedicated one-tenth of his estate to the creation of a new kind of institution. Cheney University of Pennsylvania, which was originally called the Institute for Colored Youth, founded in 1837 and is currently recognized as the oldest HBCU in the country. I also wanted to say that Shaw University, 1865, was the first HBCU established in the South, and Wilberforce in 1856 in Ohio was the first HBCU owned and operated by us. See, I was about to say now, I was waiting for him to get to the point where it was uh, operated and founded by us. Because yes. I appreciate Mr. Quaker for starting it all off, yep. but I was listening for the person who looked like us that had hey, started it. Hey, this is a FUBU show. So, <laughs> about us, baby. So, he, I was waiting. so Richard Humphreys is a black man? No. No, that's no. what I just okay. said. I was yeah. waiting on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, black I, man I, in the 1800s had a, that's, that's, an estate? That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Like, now, come on now. So it may be a story about him we need to, to explain. Too like why would he do such? Yeah, a but thing? I got well, sleepy. You got it's on, it's on. I, I feel you. Okay. I feel you. <laughs> he got to get the historian because I do not mm. do the historian education parts. Okay, <laughs> so like, good. You know, I, I start want, at I Brown versus Board of Education. <laughs> <laughs> I go that way. You build from there. That's right, from there. Mm, I got. You. <laughs> I know my lane. <laughs> All right, now here go the signature question. This, this is the one right here. I know you're gonna shine on this. Everybody one. love this one. This is this my favorite question. Out of every show. Look, Jennifer okay. getting ready to answer. Look at it. She's <laughs> she ready. You see it? She looking. She... Just roll, look, roll that mic right on the rail. All right. What do you love most about life while black? Wow. What do I love most about life while black? Man, that question is so freaking deep. 
there's so many things that I just can't even think of one, just being black, period. Um, I just like the fact that we are so underestimated. Mm -hmm. And I am a type of person who I love when people think they already got me pegged and they think they know who I am or where I'm from or what I'm about. And then I hit them with the, oh, no, I'm Dr. O'Coley. <clears throat> you know? <laughs> You know, um, flex. Love Look, a flex. Like big way to right. hold it. on. Love it. Let me hit right? you with this real Especially quick. people who are not people of color, because mm -hmm. that's a whole nother. And I'm from the South. I'm from the Deep South. I'm originally from Charleston, South Carolina. So even when I grew up in the 90s, I graduated high school in 1999, I still experienced racism. There's still tension there from slavery. So I love the fact that, you know, just being black, I just am able to walk around and just be a ray of hope for mm. kids who look like me and for adults who look like me. Because sometimes we think about kids that we inspire and we motivate, but there are just as many adults who look at all of us and say, man, you've inspired me. You know, your presence empowers you. Um, I've had people say, thank you for being born, you know, like, and mean that. And mean that ish, like thank you for being born because that's when your you make a passion, real impact on somebody. Yes, your passion is something that is, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your passion is something that um, just makes me want to get passionate about it. You know, yeah, it's contagious. Um, it's contagious, absolutely. Um, I love that. I love that we're all different. I love that we look different, sound different. I love for a black woman our hair. Um, I love the essence of who we are. Um, I love our motherhood story. I just love all of that. Yeah. I love that answer. <laughs> I love that answer. Amen. Right. Yeah, that's all right. Amen. I like that. Right. And of course, I love black men. I'm married to a black man. I love black love. Mm. I love that movement. I love that movement because that movement right there was so important and it just trickles down to everything we need. You know, we are stronger together, black mm -hmm. man and Say black woman, again. than when we are apart. And no disrespect to anybody who's not in black love. Because the one thing that annoys me is if you say you're for anything black, you automatically are pegged as anti-anything that's white. Right. And that's not what I'm saying. I have biracial nieces and nephews. I have two brothers who both, you know, have a preference to women who are not black. Uh, my grandfather is biracial, you know, um, but I love black love because it's important to society, it's important to our legacy as a people, period. That's it. Period. Exclamation point. Period. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. That's how she was talking before the mic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Put that out. Right. Y'all right. should have had that act up. You're going to get smacked up. Why did I went Why he you heard that, right? <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to jump into our dope quote. And our dope quote is a quote from history, hip hop, literature, whatever, that just inspires the conversation today. But today's dope quote is not a quote at all. I'm in a teaching mode today. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to break some Professor stuff down Vince. real quick. So, and I didn't know this either, right? This was news to me. For, let me ask, do you all know what an HBCU is? 
Mm-hmm. You mean with the that's H and the question. B and the C right. and the U? That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I thought. All our products are HBCU. That's right. Southern University. Yes. That's right. Time three, right. Langston University. Yes. Yeah, we're HBCUs all through here. So there's one part that I did not know. Historically, black colleges and universities are institutions that were established prior to 1964. That's the part I did not know. I did not realize that it had to be established prior to 1964. So founded after 19, I mean, before 1964 with the principal mission of educating black Americans. That's right. Let me hit you with some stats on HBCUs. This made me smile. Not every stat, but you'll feel the powerful ones. Mm-hmm. In 2017, there were 102 HBCUs, 51 public and 51 private. Between 76 and 2010, HBCU attendance grew by 47%. However, between 2010 and 2017, it fell by 9%. At that same time, PWIs also fell by 7%. So there was a downward trend in, in the education, education industry period. as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's not just us. Don't believe the hype. Mm-hmm. Currently, non-black enrollment at HBCUs is about 24%. I did not recognize that I did not that recognize high. that. I know when I was there, we had some. I'll I didn't realize it was 24%. Mm-hmm. 24%. Right, right. <laughs> All right, here's where I start to, to smile. HBCUs represent less than 3% of colleges and universities in the United States. They enroll 12% of all African-American students, but produce 23% of all African-American graduates. HBCUs confer 40% of all STEM degrees, 60% of all engineering degrees for African-American students. We educate 50% of all African-American teachers and 40% of all African-American healthcare professionals. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. 70% of all African-American dentists and physicians earn their degrees at HBCUs. That's what's up. So mm-hmm. like, you, you feel the smile, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing some real shit. Spellman and Bennett Colleges produce over half of the nation's African-American women who go on to earn doctorates in all science fields. Mm-hmm. And over half of all African-American professionals are graduates of HBCUs. So don't let anyone ever tell you they're not important. Yep. That's our dope quote today. I love it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's a dope research excerpt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Did any of that surprise you all? No. Good. Good, good. The 24%. The 24% non-black did surprise me. I'm not going to lie about that. And I bet that's probably growing. Yeah. Definitely. It's got to be. You know, it, it might, I think it was 6.2% when I was in school. It might have made point that up, but it was low. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Especially you might see the, one If you're talking stack. about the Atlanta HBCUs now, we're talking about point zero zero one when we were in school. But now, yes, because when I graduated from Clark, mm-hmm. Um, in 2016, with my doctorate degree, the uh, valedictorian. Yes, yes, he said that. The valedictorian um, for the undergrad class, of course, um, was um, a Caucasian individual, mm. and that caused a lot of controversy. Just because yeah, I can see that um, he earned it, yes, but you know, is that the representation that right. we want to put out there? Mm-hmm. Man, the only the only white dude I knew in school was. Um, Jamal from House Party <laughs> 2 or 3, the pajama jammy. Do you know the white dude with the dreads that was rapping? Yes. Him, that's that the only one I knew of. Yes. I love it. My boy be flexing on the Right. Right. But the one thing I love about those stats is 
one, what you said, but the other thing is don't let anyone tell you or your children that if you go to an HBCU, that your chances of becoming successful are bleak. Because we hear that a lot. Like, if your child has a choice between the local PWI and the HBCU, that somehow they're inferior, you know? And it doesn't always come from people who are not black. Sometimes these conversations happen from those of us who look like ourselves. Sometimes the whale is poisoned. Exactly. Right. Um, Because my advice, you know, is always you go... Always, always bet on black. One, always bet on black, yes. I'm 100%. But you always need to go, one, go where you can afford parents, okay? Because some of y'all cannot afford these $40,000 a year schools. I don't care if it is an HBCU. I mean, you don't want to set your kid up for a financial, you know, just F up before they ever get started. And that's one thing we got to talk about too. And we, of course, we'll talk about that today. But, you know, HBCUs are expensive. And I think sometimes people don't see the value behind the price tag. You know, they're expensive for a reason. Um, That, to me, that says more about those of us who are alum, Mm -hmm. you know, even in giving back. And I'm not even going to sit here and say, I'm going to keep it real. I don't give back as much as I should to my HBCUs, you know, Mm -hmm. because all those things are the reason that these schools, you know, have the money and the scholarships and the endowment funds. Real quick, fun fact, um, when I was at the University of Georgia, (laughs) they had a fundraiser and their goal was to raise like a couple hundred million dollars. I think their goal was to raise $250 million. And I'm like, what, why? Did you say a couple A a quarter billion. Yes, a a quarter billion. Okay, $200 million, okay, or something like that. And then, you know, we get payroll deductions. I'm like, look, y'all don't need no money from me. Y'all football team make a billion dollars a year, you know, in my mind. Anyway, they had this fundraiser. And by the end of that fundraiser, in 45 days, might have been 30 days, they raised a billion dollars. Do you know how many HBCUs have an endowment fund that's a billion dollars annually? None. Uh, thank you. None. And if there are somebody, please ch- uh, check us on Instagram. Not nary na- the so I'm one. I'm just saying. But right. that money comes from, largely in part, from people who give back. And not all the people that give back are alum. You know, you don't yeah. have to go to the institution to give money. That's another misconception in our community. Okay, so what? I didn't go to Spelman. That doesn't mean if I, if I don't feel moved to donate to Spelman that I can't do it. You know, but anyway, definitely give back to your own school. But that's why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm with yeah. that. I'm mm-hmm. with that. That's something we need to do, too. Definitely. So we do. We do. Please. So w- while we're still talking about HBCUs specifically before we start talking admissions, in your opinion, forget the stats we just went over, mm-hmm. why do we still need HBCUs? It's just weird that we even have to have the conversation to say, <laughs> why do we need mm-hmm. anything black? You know what right. I'm saying? Right, like why do you need black right. hair Before you answer, let me, let me right. be real clear. Listeners, this question's for you because what I, want, what I want to do is I want to arm you with information to use when that comes up. That's right. Because my son is in ninth grade now and we're already beginning to field those questions about where is he going mm-hmm. to school at. And we're already being pushed into these positions where the expectation is, Harvard, mm-hmm. Stanford, mm-hmm. and, oh, he's smart, right? Mm-hmm. But th- there's nothing wrong with those schools. Mm-mm. But I'm a big, big fan of supporting our own. So mm-hmm. I want you to hear from someone in the industry, her perspective on why we still need HBCUs. Because I can spout all day long on my experience 
Mm-hmm. And why I feel so passionately about them. Mm-hmm. But I want you to hear from someone else. And then I'll throw my shit on top. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, we need HBCUs because they service um, a population of students that are commonly overlooked, first mm-hmm. and foremost, period. Um, we still have to keep in mind that we live in a society that um, still very much discriminates against students of color. Yep, Even for those of you all that live in your big houses in the north side of town, yeah. whatever, USA, a lot of you all still experience the isms that come with just being black while schooling. That's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. So. You need HBCUs for that reason. And you need a place where an institution where students can feel valued and respected and supported, where they can grow and segue a little bit to Blackish. That was one of the things that he said was the reason why he wanted to go to Howard over the Ivy League schools back in California because he wanted to go someplace where he could see other people that look like him and that have the same morals and values. But the one thing that was surprising for him when he got to Howard was so many different types of black people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even for those of us that are black, you don't know that there, there are many different layers of being black. There are many different subcultures. You know, right. you got you your Republican black folks, you got your Democrat black folks, you got your hippie black folks, right. you got your rich black people, you got your trapping black folk, you know, yeah, you man. got your professionals, you got, there's so many layers. You got your suburbans, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got your blackest black folks, right? You know, there are layers to that. Um, you have your feminist, your womanist, your we can go on and on. There's subcultures of people. So yeah. I think it's important for our children, our youth to feel like there is some place that they can go where they can feel wanted. Yeah. Because I hear people all the time telling me their kid got into Duke or Stanford or Yale or Brown or Princeton. And a lot of them get there and they really struggle because they're not prepared. And as parents, hint, hint, we really needed to do a good job of preparing our children for their educational end goal. Hence why I said it's important to start thinking about that before high school. You know your children. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care if your baby is the smartest person and they graduate in valedictorian. Yale might not be the best fit for them to be successful. Because one thing I can tell you, as somebody that sat in plenty of Ivy League institutions doing research, I often was one of the few people who went to an HBCU, but I was there. I was sitting on the hall with the Georges and the Clemsons and the Virginia Techs, but I was from Fisk. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a certain level of tenacity and grit that came with me that came by way of Fisk that a lot of our kids are not going to be prepared to survive. So HBCU for a lot of kids is survival. Yeah. And knowing that when they leave college, they're going to leave prepared to be gainfully employed and not be walking around with that kid who just happened to go to Harvard. Yeah. Because there's more to college than just taking classes. Yeah. That's another reason why I exist. You know, it's more to college than taking classes. And Queen Sugar, people were talking about how her son chose Xavier over Harvard. And people were mad at Charlie for the statement that she made about why would you want to go to Xavier when you have an opportunity to go to Harvard? Because her stance on it came from a place of arrogance and entitlement that Mm -hmm. Harvard was better than Xavier. 
But if you listen closely to what she was saying, and I wholeheartedly agree, when you're given an opportunity to go to an institution like Harvard, is more about access and opportunities to the people in the world that are making decisions that are going to impact your community mm -hmm. than it is about you going to someplace that's better. So again, what is your end goal? Right. And that depicts where you should go to school. Right. We Period. Gotta be, we got to be strategic. Everything is about strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has to be planned. It can't be willy-nilly. It ain't willy no, nilly. no. It's, like, it's oh, no yeah, willy-nilly. I'm going to go here. No, yeah. no. You just cannot do that. This summer, I had the absolute pleasure of being at Morehouse, and they have a STEM program in the summers um, through this program called SMASH, and it's out of California. And um, the boys, the young men, they were all over the place. And I was the college instructor, of course, and they want to be engineers. Everybody want to be an engineer. First of all, a lot of kids don't even know that there are like 300 different types of engineers, right? right. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. But the one thing that I told them, start with the institution that is known for the type of engineer you're trying to be. By the way, sexual engineering is not a real major. <laughs> Let that go. Stay focused. Stay woke. Right. And so, you, should, you should get that degree from any HBCU. <laughs> right. Well, I got to right. be HBCU. Well, well hey, because I can only speak for what I attended. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm just saying. It sounded a little. I had to check them. It sounded a little. Oh, no, 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 no. Get on it. Nope, nope. Get on it. Right. You know, I had to put my pick back up. Y'all know I could be extra woke sometimes. What the hell do you mean by that? Right. What did you say? I raised up on that one. You know Yeah. Like, I don't know about the PWI. I don't know how they get down like that. I got light skin and a motherfucker. Right. Exactly. But yes, so it matters, and that's why they matter. Period. That's why they matter. I, I love it from the perspective of between the ages of 17 and 20, 21, right? We're, we're, we're in that place where our minds are developing to begin to set out into the real world, be adults, be men, be women, build families. Mm -hmm. And it's such a precious time, right? I feel like we need to be in the comfort and care of people who give a damn about us from our core through our soul, right? You've got mm -hmm. the rest of your life to live in this white-run world, yeah, and it is what it is. I'm not trying to hate. I'm not trying to talk sideways. It is what it is. But the moment you step foot in corporate America, they don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> and there is something to be said about spending four. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Or five or six years in a place where they actually care about you simply because you look like them. Mm -hmm. That's my big reason. Uh, yeah, and That's I me. always feel like you can always go. I mean, if you're yeah. someone who know you want to be a physician, like you said, start at Spelman, start at Howard, start at Fisk. And Get then the go to words. Vanderbilt yeah. Med yeah, or Tufts Med, you know? So, yeah, like I said, my husband started at Cal, you know? Or Meharry. Or, yeah. Right, right, door, right next door to Fisk, right yeah. next door to Fisk. But, yeah, and ended at Howard. So yeah. you got to know your kid. I mean, where you start is, to me, it's more so about who do you want to, what do you want to do when you grow up and what institution is going to prepare you to do that and survive? Yeah, Sometimes the difference between an HBCU and a PWI is will your child survive? And I've had stories of students who got to a PWI and they literally was on the brink of not surviving. Yeah. You know, I had a colleague of mine whose son, he pushed his son to go to Duke. And this is not, you know, any shade to Duke or anywhere, but his son wasn't ready for what he was going to experience at a yeah. school, one, that darn big, right? And two, mm -hmm. that 
Caucasian, right? Yeah, you know? And he really wanted to go. And I think he wanted to go to South Carolina State, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And his dad was like, no, I went to HBCU. I want you to do better than me. I want you to go to Duke. You have this amazing opportunity. Just go. And his son was there for a semester. And he got a call that he tried to commit suicide mm. because he yeah. was being, being bullied. He was being called names. He was being boxed out. He just did not feel... Like it was worth right. living. And he felt like he couldn't share with his dad right. or share yeah. with his family that this is not working for me because he didn't want to sound like what? A failure. Yeah, he, was a wrong, sucker. he was in the right. wrong place. He just was in the wrong place. And it's place. interesting too yeah. because it, it, what we're talking about has nothing to do with education directly. True. Like nope. book work. It does not. We're talking about the experience. The social yes. experience yeah. of being someplace will trump oftentimes Absolutely. the the tactical stuff of mm-hmm. things, yep. period. And I think you need to add, we we must place value to things that are intangible, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Significant value. <laughs> right. Significant. Significant value. I would rather have the, the, the social experiment and be successful in that social space oh, yeah. versus, you know, have this right. high degree or this high right. um, yeah. academic career right. and yeah. be completely... Socially yeah. inept to, to deal with society. And think about the people. And know who you are. Absolutely. Society will eat you alive. Yeah, yeah. well, but the workplace will eat you alive. Think Absolutely. about the people there, who. It's the same thing. Once think you get about there. the people who are in executive positions, either in Hollywood and celebrity and corporate America. When you see those CFOs and CEOs, typically a lot of them went to HBCUs. I mean, mm-hmm. we could just, I mean, I don't have the stats, but a lot of times Absolutely. it builds you to be tough enough to handle what you're going to experience in the world. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is going to be our children, those of us in this room who are ensuring that our kids understand that from a very young age, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are... If you have the opportunity to go to an HBCU, it will, I promise you, help you to wear that armor that you're going to need to survive in the real world. You know, I went to three different HBCUs before I ended up at a PWI. And if I had started at a PWI, there is no way I would have been okay because it's a lot of microaggressions that go on. It's a lot of inadvertent racism that happens. It will you that imposter syndrome that people say they feel, especially in the STEM, where people yep. feel like if you're black, you're not good at science or math. Right. And right? the only reason that you and hear, the only reason you hear is yep. because somebody threw you a bone. So yep. you're talking about your kid being thrown into this environment where people have already said you're just here and you're not smart. And them actually taking on that to say, you know what, I'm not smart enough. When we know in order to be successful, you have to have something in you that tells you to push through. Yeah. Yep. I am the best. Yeah. Right. And me and my sure. arrogance, right? you know, has gotten me to the top. The audacity of these Negroes. (laughs) Right. You know, you got to be like, I know I'm the shit. I know that. Yes, I went to Fisk. Yes, I started at Morris Brown. Yes, I went to Clark. And I'm sitting here with you. I've had to have that conversation with people when I was working in these elite institutions when they just assumed that I was one of them. And some mm-hmm. of them look like you and me, and not all of them were white. Correct. Some of them Correct. were black people who went to institutions that were quote unquote better than Fisk or better than CAU. And they assume I did too. Yeah. And I had to say, uh, no, I didn't go here. 
Oh boy, I, I didn't, I didn't do that, sir. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, PWIs, they teach you how to exist and survive corporate of America. They don't teach you how to exist nope. and survive corporate America while black. <laughs> There Which you is go. what we need. There, there is, <laughs> there you there go. is an education That's that true. has to be had in order to be a black man or woman in this country mm-hmm. in corporate America. Yeah. I agree. The shit is not easy. Nope. I will say this. I think an HBCU battle test your ability to be successful in life. Period. I agree. And some of us do some of it's it corporate. I don't yeah. care if it's you start true. your own business. Right. It's going to give you the right level of a social construct to be successful. I mean, of because, course, you got to have an right, You got to stand in them long lines in the registrar's office and, and you got paper Jesus. because they don't have no apps and stuff. Look, I mean, you know, the line you is up around the gym. You're going to be broken. It's gonna be a no, right. But the, yeah. that's the world. Well, that's like, manage that money. Let me think. Yep. Yeah. Hey, yep. when you Battle get this $200 stipend yep. before the refund hit, you better be able to live off this for two months. Correct. I have two social security numbers my entire Collegiate career. Almost kept me from graduating. Seriously. I mean, it teaches you right. patience. It teaches you the <laughs> chain of command. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got oh. to, you can't just be rolling up in Miss Rose's office talking about your financial aid money in here. You got, mm. they got levels. Because if you go to Rose, I mean, she gonna let you know, baby, I'm gonna need you to start back there. Mm-hmm. Go to this line, get this stamp. That's that do do boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. And that's Bring life. me two ribs and a chicken plate. And, <laughs> and they come back. Right. And, yeah, you better, you, and you look, better know how to talk to people. You got to know how to talk to people. You got to know how to what? Politic. That's because it. those mm-hmm. of us that was able to survive at HBCUs and be cool as people who realize yep. that you got to talk to Ms. Rose. So, hey, Ms. Rose, how right. your grandbaby's doing? Right. I brought you some of that coffee you like. Yep. You learn how to refund do that. Right. We talk shit, we <laughs> talk <laughs> shit about that, but that is yeah. exactly yeah. how corporate America and exactly life works. Absolutely. You battle test. You get experiences. You don't even understand the value of it until you leave. don't. Man, and it's a difference. Yep. You don't have to. You don't have to go through that. I, like I told you, when I was at UGA, those kids' refund checks, y'all was hitting was the time. day class started. Mm-hmm. Sometimes before, okay, they were thoroughly prepared. I was like, "What? You mean to tell me you got your refund check? The day class started." Before you can go buy your books in the right bookstore, now? right now mm-hmm. you ain't got to go make no copies, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Oh, but I remember I copying chapters. Oh man, you remember Me that, too, bro? Oh, yes, yes. You don't have to do that, but mm. that alone is different. That's a whole different experience. That's another piece of being battle tested, man. Like you is. figure shit out. You get up. You got to be resilient. Yes. Okay. That's a true story. Hopefully, you enjoyed what you just heard. Part one was a great episode. But what you're going to hear coming up on part two is just as good. It's all about the admissions process, the things that you need to know to get your child from cradle to college. Stay tuned and check that out next Saturday. Peace. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.